Greetings, everyone. This is Eric Stewart from the Fishing Fanatics Podcast, and today I'm joined with Curtis and Dan. So Curtis has a background in biology, and he's actually a full-time multi-species guide in northern Wisconsin. Um, and his guide server is called Fox Valley Outdoors. And then I'm also doing, joined with Dan here as well, who's the director of sales of Vexen Fishing and Tackle Industries. But I'll tell you what, one thing's for certain about these two guys, they're both musky addicts. They love musky fishing, and I'm going to be diving into some different things about musky fishing with the different tips um, and experiences that they learned along the way. But Dan and Curtis, how are you guys doing? Doing great. Doing. Thanks for having us. Appreciate yeah, the invite. Yeah, Eric, thanks for having us on. Uh, really excited to talk some fish and uh, a little excited to share uh, some of my bass fishing background. Uh, uh, I ended up, uh, just so you know, I went to the University of South Carolina is where my biology degree is from and uh, fished with the team. Uh, first boat I actually ever fished out of down there was Patrick Walter's boat. So uh, we might have to, yeah, we might have to talk a little bit about that. But uh, anyway, it sounds like the, fr- the focus is going to have to be, uh, it's going to have to be musky here. So well, no, Kurt- excited, to, excited to be here. Curtis, that's actually a perfect segue into my first question that I always like asking either professional fishermen or people in the fishing industry at all. And Curtis, we can start with you for this one because since you kind of hit on it, what really got you um, to where you are today in fishing from starting out when you are a kid, maybe fishing with your parents and all that, but what's that whole development kind of look like? Uh, so really, uh, my father gets all the credit for putting the rod in my hand, um, uh, unfortunately, uh, not much more than that, you know, uh, but he gets all the credit for, uh, taking me out and, you know, keeping me fishing. Um, you know, but, uh, really, uh, you know, it kind of became my passion and, you know, it's kind of, you know, built, uh, throughout my life, uh, fished, uh, tournaments at the high school level all four years, uh, carried that into college, but, uh, and then, um, you know, uh, uh, it's always been a part of my life and kind of carried it on. It's kind of a, um, ad hoc way that I ended up as a, as a fishing guide up in, uh, Wisconsin. It's kind of a lot to cover in a brief introduction, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> we'll get into that. Definitely. And then Dan, what was your kind of first experience in the fishing industry or, uh, what kind of got you hooked at the beginning? Yeah. Um, probably a different story than most other, uh, fishermen in the industry they talk to but i was always we we were always around fishing growing up um grew up in southwest minnesota and um we'd visit uh northeast south dakota a lot so we had all these little pothole lakes where we'd go catch pike or walleye or bullheads or whatever and um ended up moving to pennsylvania actually uh when i was going into fifth grade and at, at about that time, got into ball sports and so played football, basketball, everything. And that kind of con- was all consuming for a long time. Um, and toward, I would say, getting into my college career, I started, I learned to bow hunt. And my first love was bow hunting. Um, and fast forward a little bit, I moved back to Wisconsin. My, my, uh, my parents are originally from Wisconsin, have a lot of family here. I met, uh, who's now my wife, um, her family, uh, would vacation every year up in Northern Wisconsin at the, the famed Eagle river chain. And so I started going up there with them and experienced all the musky lore for the first time. And, um, I had never really lived 
in close proximity to go try that growing up. And so one year I made it my goal. I'm going to, I'm going to go catch one of these things. And so did as much research as I could with the information that was available at that time. Nothing like it is today. You know, you have, you had to actually read books and, uh, <laughs> you know, magazine articles. And, you know, I was, I, I read as much as I could and watch as many videos as I could. And, um, that first follow that I got, um, was the same adrenaline rush that I had when I'm sitting in the bow stand and there's a big buck coming in. And it was right then I was hooked. I knew I could do this. And, um, so hunting really got me into musky fishing. And from then on, if I get a chance to go fishing, I struggle to do any kind of fishing other than musky fishing. If, if it's open season and I can go target them, that's what I'm going to do. Mm -hmm. And I've definitely had that same experience. Just talking to you down at ICAST a little bit on it. Like I literally separated my life for like three years to just target muskies. And I didn't know you actually <laughs> lived in, um, in PA for a while. Cause that's actually where I'm at right now. And it's, it's a struggle out here in Pennsylvania. It's not easy to kind of locate them. And I kind of gave up that dream um, after those three years to kind of target them. So I'm excited to kind of dive more into your story, Dan, but let's start with Curtis here. Cause I think the connection between a lot of the guys who listen to me in the professional bass scene and the college bass scene to musky fishing, um, for you. So what was that whole kind of thing progress kind of like for you? So, um, I guess, so I was, you know, all the way through high school and college, you know, I pursued, um, uh, you know, the kind of the tournament, at least fishing, yeah. but, um, uh, you know, I don't know. I kind of, maybe I struggle with a little bit of focus cause cause of like, kind of like Dan, you know, I played rugby all the way through college and, um, you know, I, I graduated with uh, high honors from the university. So, um, you know, I had my iron, you know, a lot of irons in the fire. Um, and, uh, but, uh, you know, that was always, that was always kind of my focus was bass fishing. I didn't really do anything else. I wasn't a walleye guy. Uh, I wasn't a musky guy. I mean, I dabbled, you know, I've traveled, you know, done salmon fishing here and there, you know, trout fishing. I'm pretty, you know, proficient with a fly rod. Um, but, uh, you know, when, uh, you know, post-college, um, kind of the, you know, COVID era, I, you know, I was kind of in between work and, uh, I came up to, uh, the Sunrise Resort here, which I'm repping on my t-shirt and, uh, uh, you know, uh, to actually just to insulate a garage, got talking with the owner and, uh, kind of became apparent that, uh, he needed, you know, some help taking care of the place. And, uh, he lent me a boat and, um, uh, I went out and I crushed the walleye. Like I'm not much of a walleye, but crushed like my, one of my first walleye I ever caught up here was like 27 inches. And I was like, that's huge, Jesus. huge for an inland walleye. And I'm like, all right, all right, bass are cool, but like I'm hooked on this fishery. And, you know, I got talked to the owner. I'm like, you know, I just honestly just kept coming back and I kind of organically turned to, all right, I'm, I'll manage this place for you. And it'll give me kind of a, um, uh, you know, a center to kind of pursue this kind of dream that was coming always in the back of my mind. It's like, oh, maybe someday I'll be a fishing guy. But now it was kind of like in your face, here's the opportunity. You got a place to work like in, you know, the north woods of Wisconsin, which is like, I came to realize it's like the one of the premier places to kind of be a multi-species angler. And, uh, you know, uh, of course it's also like the, the Mecca of musky. So naturally, you know, it was kind of chasing the big small mouth up here 
and the wall out because that was kind of it it was not a direct translation but uh, you know it was the closest thing to bass like i didn't have any musky gear like i didn't have the heavy rods or anything and you know kind of slowly progressed like had opportunities with bass gear caught some on bass gear and they were around and it's like well if i'm gonna stay up here and guide like i gotta learn i gotta start learning musky and then uh you know really the the addiction and the bug just really starts to grow on you i mean you know it follows like trying to take fish in the eight i mean throwing big baits i mean and just the just the you know adrenaline rush kind of what dan talked about like I've, i i never was a, a big game hunter like you know or even deer for that matter like i dabbled in birds and stuff like that but uh i mean you know whatever you know I'll, I'll get i'll get the shakes if i catch you know a five plus five and a half plus pound smallmouth. but it's like if i take you know that eat that when a, when a muskie crushes a bucktail or comes into the eight or you know you just feel that thump on a rubber i mean instantly you just all the adrenaline pours in and you're just it doesn't matter if it's a you know whatever a, a five plus pound smallmouth is huge smallmouth. Mm-hmm. you know a 35 inch muskie is an average muskie it doesn't matter if it's 30 inches or 45 inches like the that that adrenaline is just there the entire time and it became so addicting and just that the pursuit of that rush has really kind of dragged me down that hole of becoming a musky angler and pursuing it more so uh, yeah man i know exactly yeah. what you're like that feeling and then you hit on it perfectly when you relate it back to hunting too it's like that feeling is insane and i've lost I want to say probably about like have probably a dozen to two dozen muskies just from getting a follow and then completely losing my cool and like messing something up in the figure eight. <laughs> like it is, it's so it's crazy the amount so of muskies hard. I've lost. I tell my friends all the time. It's like, yeah, I got five follows today. You couldn't get one? Nah, man, I panicked every single time. It's just, it, and, and it's the hardest it's thing. So- Go ahead, go ahead, Dan. Yep. I was, uh, you know, to re- relate it back, before I got into the fishing industry, I worked for um, a large corporation. I was a corporate trainer. I was, I'm a teacher by trade. That was my background, my education. And um, in one of our training classes, we would talk about, it was a leadership class, about how when you're under adrenaline stress, when, you know, when, when your body's doing that, um, a lot of resources are taken away from your brain and devoted to, you know, make you stronger and quicker and faster. But when you have that four foot log, you know, that torpedo, that musky coming in behind your bait, your brain does shut off if you're not prepared for it and you go dumb. You know, <laughs> I've seen so many people do it and uh, and it's it really comes with a lot of experience and practice. Um, the, the figure eight in an, in and of itself is a learned technique, and there are guys that are expert at it, and there are guys that are doing more of like a figure eye, you know, or or when they do get a follow, they totally freeze and panic, <laughs> and uh, um, and I that's how I started too. It was you know, it took a while to to get into that that where you can have that calm and cool collected state to actually get that musket to eat in the eight mm-hmm. it is kind of like an art form and curtis i'm sure you can hit it on this too it's like people coming out for a, for a musky guide what's it like to train them like do you kind of like brief them like hey these these fish are giant 
Um, like, say it's someone's, like, first time musky fishing. Hey, this fish is giant, and when it gets to the boat, you got to keep your calm, cool, and collect itself. And do you show them how to do the figure eight beforehand, or you just kind of wing it and just say, like, oh, good luck with the figure eights? <laughs> how does that work? You know, re- really, um, I like to start my clients with just, like, an L turn at the boat because a lot of times, you know, just trying to get that reaction from them. If they're brand spanking new, like... And, and just try and get them into that habit just to try and get them to get that immediate reaction and know that they're going to be like, you know, I, I'm going to, I tell every single one of them, especially if they're new, it's like, you're going to freak out like the first several times you see these fish and like, it is okay, but like, like find your center, find your calm if you, and do your best. I mean, uh, hunters that I've had in the boat have actually tended to be the best at it, but, um, you know, even, even I sometimes, you know, you get, you know, you're, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, you know, four or five hours into a day and you're not prepared for it. And all of a sudden there she is and you're still kind of like, you know, trying to, you know, jump And Really it's, uh, it takes a lot of time for me if the way I've tried to compartmentalize it is, uh, you know, kind of muscle memory, you know, you're always going to the eight, you know, a couple turns, keeping the rod tip deep, um, and, uh, you know, giving yourself, uh, the most, uh, you know, kind of, uh, I don't know, automatic, um, I don't know, I I guess presets, if you will, just on your form and training that, because that's what's going to keep you engaged in the bait in the right spot um, to give you the most opportunities to convert falls into eats. And it's, it's, it's not easy. It really is an art form. And that's one of the, one of the things that separates musky fishing from like any other type of fishing that you can do from, you know, except maybe, you know, some guys are starting to do the eight trap on, on bass with, you know, these bigger glide baits. And it's really cool. Like, uh, the homeless fisherman guy has been putting out some like awesome eight trap videos off that paddle board. And it's just like, it's like, all right, there's a little bit of crossover there. And one topic, I guess, I, I don't know why there's not as much cross pollination between the big bass or big bait bass scene and musky fishing, which is, kind of something i'm curious about but that's a totally different topic for ah, that's a, maybe another visit that is, but, that's a great topic um, though because i'm a big swim bait guy and like i know the throwback baits with the homeless fishermen i got to meet them down at the swim bait universe the gathering down there and it really is like a lot of the baits that you see for glide baits that people make either it's a shad glide bait or a perch glide bait or anything like that those bigger baits they work really well for musky fishing too and a lot of the times when I'm in a river situation or even a lake situation fishing a weed line, like a lot of the times I will go to that glide, that bigger glide bait that is kind of expensive. So I make sure I have a big leader on it and throw it down that, um, down those different situations. And it ends up working out decently well. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I'm a big fan of the big glides for sure. But so over the years, you guys have a ton of experience musky fishing and i'm gonna get on one thing here that a little bit later on about the the world musky hunt that you guys just did but before we get there let me ask you a few questions about musky fishing that i've heard on different youtube videos and different topics i just want to get your guys feel on it so the first thing here i have is moon phases so is that kind of whole thing about moon phases is that a myth do you feel or is that like a real thing how muskies like actually react to it Dan, you want to I, the, I can go first, I guess. Um, I I am very much a believer in Moon. I think there's way too much data out there to suggest otherwise. Um, when we fish in tournaments or large group outings, and you know, people are snapping a picture of their catch, and and the times are logged, there are 
very distinct windows where fish decide to eat and often they are correlated to the moon. I can speak to a trip I was um, up uh, north this earlier in June and I got four bites um, in the couple days I was fishing and three of them were almost to the minute on a, on a moon phase, whether it be overhead, underfoot, rise or set. Um, and I, you know, and maybe it's a self-fulfilling prophecy a little bit because I, I plan how I'm working a spot or an area of a lake. Um, if I, if I move to fish earlier and I'm coming back on a fish on a moon event, um, you know, and I'm, I want to be dropping my bait in that fish's face where I think it's at, at moon. So is it, is it eating because I dropped the bait in its face? And I knew right where it was at, um, or was it because of the moon? Now, and this is something other, uh, something else interesting about musky fishing. For every rule in musky fishing, there's two more that contradict it. So sometimes the windows happen, and you see all these guys catch fish, maybe even on different lakes um, or a, or a really big lake, and the window happened, but it wasn't anywhere close to a moon. It was some other factor. Um, which a lot of times may be related and probably is related to weather in, in some way, shape, or form. So weather probably trumps everything it does, um, but moon is very significant to follow, in my opinion. Uh, Curtis, I'm interested to hear what you have to say. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm a believer in the moon phase stuff, um, you know, it, whether it's, you know, around a major and when you're staying on fish or in a certain lake or body of water, um, you know, sometimes it'll be just before the major or minor starts or just after or at the peak, but I'm a hundred percent with Dan that weather trumps everything. So, you know, high bluebird skies, you find yourself on a clear lake, you might get a fish to move around a, a major or a minor, but it's not going to eat. But, you know, there are, you know, there's, there definitely is a correlation, but, um, you know, I, I follow it, I'm around it, but you know, kind of the, like there's a spot on a spot on a given hump, you know, there's a, a time on the time on the moon phase where, you know, you're going to be able to really, you know, lock in those fish. Like sometimes, you know, it's, you know, I don't know, uh, <laughs> a half hour before and it's, but it stays consistent, especially right now up in Northern Wisconsin. Uh, it's like, uh, you know, a half hour before right now. And like that morning, that morning, uh, major has been a lot better than the evening or afternoon stuff right now. Um, and, and sometimes, you know, sometimes I've seen it where it's a really good moon phase and you know, it, they're eating at one o'clock in the afternoon, you know, you're not having to get up at, you know, four in the morning to be on the lake cause you're going to get a really good window that time. But that's just kind of comes from staying behind these fish and it, that's kind of where it counts. Business owners and marketing professionals in the Philly area, Bad Rhino takes the overwhelm out of digital marketing. With tailored digital marketing services, from social media management to SEO and PPC advertising, our expert team navigates the complexities of the digital ad space for your business. Let Bad Rhino lead you to success. Visit BadRhinoInc.com and let's take your business to new heights. Bad Rhino, we do digital marketing so you don't have to. Gotcha. No, that's some great insight by both of you there. And then another thing that I didn't know when I started musky fishing that might be helpful for listeners first getting into it and all that is um, 
this thing called ghost followers. And I didn't even know that was a thing. Like, I didn't know muskies sometimes follow your bait, but don't follow it all the way into the boat, which is why a lot of people do the figure eight for so long. But on the backs of ghost followers, how often do you guys have a live line out there um, for, to try to snag those fish? Um, Curtis can as a, speak as to a this. guide yeah yeah as a, as a guide on a guide <laughs> trip i i seriously do quite a bit and you know i call it the guarantee if there is such thing in musky fishing and uh you know it shapes up a lot of fish uh you know and uh i can personally from my limited experience and live scope like these ghost follows um let's let's put it this way i moved seven fish one night we only saw them on scope never got them to the boat, never saw them, you know, uh, and, uh, I would have been like, this was a really slow night if it wasn't for scope and just watching these things like, and, and it was insane. Like I don't personally have one on my boat yet. It's probably coming, but, uh, I mean to watch these fish like fly, you're like, Oh my God, it's about to go down, you know, cranked, you know, just do something to get them react and then nothing. And you keep like, you know, bringing to the boat, nothing. You looking in the water, nothing it's it's it really is uh quite something you know how these fish can just appear i mean uh you know uh i was just just real on freaking instagram the other day this guy's like doing this lazy figure eight lazy figure eight and then all of a sudden a 50 just materializes as it's eating the bait and it's like where did this fish come from <laughs> like and it, it blows my mind sometimes but uh you know that, that is certainly uh, anything you can do, especially early on, um, you know, whether, you know, as long as you're following your state's regulations, everything's a little bit different, you know, having that, having a live bait back there, dragging it around all times of the year, um, is, uh, definitely will kind of give you that extra, you know, the extra bonus fish that gives you the confidence to keep coming back. And, um, you know, and especially for like when I have kids in the boat, like, you know, I put put out the bonus rod and I'm still explaining to this kid how to cast and a cork goes down and kid five minutes into the day, never caught a muskie. He's hold, you know, we're holding like a 36 inch tiger together. And it's like, you know, uh, you know, that kid had one other opportunity. He had a fish eat this, just this little, you know, uh, bucktail essentially that I had him chucking around, but you know young kid, you know, uh, didn't get a good hook set on the fish, but you know, that, you know, I, that's a perfect example of, you know, novice kid or, you know, even so at that level, that was the difference between him getting his first muskie that day and just having a shot. But most people don't not get that lucky, especially like your first muskies, 36 inch tiger. Like, I, I mean, you know, that, that, that's, I don't know, four more levels deeper on luck than you can ask for. Um, <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, that, you know, that's, uh, definitely something that I do to, I don't know, pad the stats, if you will. Uh, sure. with the, with the ghost follows, it's, it brings up a really good point and a good tip that I give to people, um, when teaching them is, and with the advancement in, in technology, we've been able to see how many fish actually follow your bait, even on side imaging, um, you, you can pick them out. If, if you're watching, you can see when you had a follow or a graph follow, we might call it too. Um, but it, it stresses the importance of figurating every, after every single cast and probably doing a good two to three, eight circles or figure eights um, because it, it does happen. It's almost like 
being able to cast twice as many times in your outing. If you do two more figure eights, many times that fish will appear out of nowhere, like Curtis said, and just smoke it right at your feet. And there's no greater adrenaline rush when that happens. Um, and I've seen grown men turn into little girls very quickly um, when when they have a, a big mouth appear out of nowhere right at their feet. Yep, yep I've been there, man. One of the uh, one of my favorite stories, I've told it on the podcast before to another musky guy, but um, the second musky I ever caught, the first one in PA, I was fishing a weed line, and it was a long day. I mean, I was out there a while on a little john boat. My feet were hurting, my back was hurting. I was bad to give up. I was sweating, too, and... Just ripping it through weeds, got it to the boat, did a lazy figure eight, and left it in the water. And I looked back at my dad, who's on the trolling motor on the back of it, and I was like, I was bad to give up. I went, and as soon as I let my shoulders drop, I just felt a bunch of weight on the uh, the rod. Bunch of weight on the rod. Literally almost pulled me in. I was, oh, dad, I got a fish. And he's scrambling for the net and everything. He missed the first net. He got the second net, and we ended up landing the fish. But it's like that crazy feeling of, like, getting a fish at the boat or even seeing a musky follow is what keeps, honestly, keeps me musky fishing for three years and keeps me coming back to it. That That's where the addiction and the disease starts. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, I, I, I love when a, when a musky, like, crushes a bucktail weight on it in the cast. Like, that's pretty up there. But, like, you know, that close combat, big fish right there, you got to talk to it, finish the job. Um, it's like, like I was kind of mentioning earlier, it's what sets this game apart. And, you know, until you take a fish in the eight, you haven't given, or, or at least had a chance to take a fish in the eight, you haven't given musky fishing a try. Like you, until that happens, you haven't given it a try because I guarantee after that, 99% of people, unless maybe you're, uh, pulseless, uh, or you're gonna, you're going to want to come back for that. I mean, uh, and, uh, yeah. Uh, but, uh, if you know, you don't, you're not ready to invest a lot of money and time, uh, maybe don't sample it because there is no escaping. I mean, you know, uh, speaking from, you know, my bass background, I, I literally, I, I chased, uh, you know, kind of the bass and the dream for, you know, off and on for the better part of, uh, you know, 15 years. And, um, quite frankly, I'm only, you know, four years into really my musky career and the amount of time that it's turned, you know, and I, I mean, I have, I have six pound smallmouth in my backyard. Like I have like some of the best small inland smallmouth fishing, fishing in the country, frankly, if you ask me in my backyard and like, I'll go out smallmouth fishing. And if there's a musky rod in the boat, like these days, now it's like, it, it eventually comes out at some point, like, you know, whatever major miners rolling around, I'm like, all right, I'll pull it out. We got, I'll fish for an hour. We got prime time. Like it just, I, it's, it's really hard to get away from. It is. Um, it is, man. You know. So the, um, the one thing I want to make sure we hit on here is world of musky hunt that you guys partake in. So tell me a little bit about that experience with it. I was checking out their Facebook page before we jumped on this podcast, but um, let our listeners know what that whole thing's about. Yeah, the, the World Muskie Hunt was actually where Curtis and I first met a couple years ago. Um, Curtis was a volunteer guide for the event, um, and it's it's not really a tournament. It's, it's more of a gathering of people, um, and it ends up being, you know, our, our official cause is, um, you know, we have a, a number of fundraising, um, or, or organizations that we support. Um, 
you know, really it, it, it goes uh, to create awareness about the area uh, and it's all centered around that great fish we chase, the muskie. Um, so a lot of the dollars that we raise go to conservation. Um, we, we donate to a scholarship fund uh, that goes to someone who is pursuing a, uh, a career in the field of conservation or marine biology or something to that effect. Uh, and then, then there's a Children's Cancer Foundation that we also um, help support. So it's, it's a friendly competition. Uh, it is definitely competition, though. There's a lot of bragging rights on the line. And the, uh, the event, which is um, in its, going into its 48th year, um, is such a collection of, of outstanding people. That's really the best part of it. So we all get together and, um, it, it's a very unique, uh, model to it in that you can only be a contestant in the hunt one time, once in your lifetime. So the whole event is centered around seven teams of three people that are the contestants and we've had contestants that have never even fished before compete. And then we've had seasoned guides be a new contestant, right? So you have a, a wide variety of spectrum, but it's a great opportunity to introduce people to musky fishing. Um, and then the, those contestants can then come back and compete as past hunters every year. So in the competition of itself, there's a past hunter division, and then there's, you know, the contestant division, every, uh, fisherman, gets to go out with a guide. So we have a whole host of, of volunteer guides from the area, some full-time guides like Curtis, some others are just guys that know the area and the lakes and our seasoned muskie fishermen have all the equipment. Um, and, and some of those guys I've enjoyed learning from, they've never been a professional guide, but they've been fishing these lakes and chasing muskies for longer than Curtis and I have been alive. And um, to pick their brains and see what they do, we had, I think, um, one of the biggest fish caught, the biggest fish caught um, of our new contestants this past year was from uh, an old school guy that runs no electronics on his boat. I like and that. he just knows, you know, yeah. <laughs> I'd love to go fishing with him just to see how he does it because we rely on it so much. Um, and he just has that feel and it's all based on experience. Um, so... I get, you know, that's kind of a, a summary of the event and, um, Curtis guided this year. I guided this year and, um, we got on some fish and made a, you know, bunch of memories and, you know, can't wait to get back till next year. I mean, that's kind of how it goes every single year. So there are some incredible stories that happen this year, just like last every year. And, um, when you, when you get to see those people that, are just getting into musky fishing, have that experience as one of their first musky experiences. I mean, it's good for the industry. It's good for my business. You know, I, 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 I'm creating musky addicts every day um, and they're going to need gear. So uh, it, it's kind of fun in that perspective. Yeah. It's a kind of like a, an, a, uh, an indoctrination into this, uh, this tribe, if you will, of, uh, crazy people that go and throw big baits for hours on end just to see maybe one or two big fish a day. And, uh, you know, that's, uh, you know, why I get a lot of joy out of guiding. And I, I'm, uh, really, uh, uh, 
you know, really lucky to have found myself uh, volunteer guiding this uh, uh, event because, you know, I, to, uh, you know, the, the, the sharing of knowledge um, in here is, you know, because you're kind of volunteering, you're also the same thing. You're trying to, uh, you know, get some novice people that maybe get to, maybe, you know, I had most of the past hunters that I have my boat this year, that's like the one time of the year that they get, they musky fish. And they make a point to come back to the hunt, and so they don't get, you know, a ton of opportunities to fish. So you work really hard to get them fish. But, you know, you get some of these really seasoned guys. Uh, you know, I like to think I'm pretty accomplished as a musky angler for being four years into the game. But, you know, to you know, I still have such a long way to go. Like, I know nothing. And to kind of to, to get some insights from these guys who are willing to, you know, share some of their knowledge, at, you know, it's... Uh, you know, it uh, pays dividends, even though I'm there volunteering my time and material just to just to be there and, um, you know, to kind of be a part of, uh, you know, the hunt as, as a as a guide or volunteer guide, I guess, if there's people in northern Wisconsin that want to come up and volunteer their time. I mean, you know, there's all there were there always need more guides. Uh, if you're looking for something really interesting to do as and you got a three man team that wants to really come out and experience this and kind of get the whole fanfare uh, and uh, introduction to the area as well as get to fish with some like really talented musky anglers might want to look into putting together a team might want to talk to Dan about you know uh, you know quick trip sponsoring you but uh, um, <laughs> but uh, anyways but uh, perhaps I said overstepped there but uh, um, <laughs> but but, uh, <laughs> but um, but yeah, no, it's a, a been a really uh, been a really cool experience for me, and I'm looking forward to uh, volunteering my time there well into the future. So um, oh, yeah, definitely seems like an awesome event, and I'll link all the all the Facebook page that they have and all their different outlets in the description too, so people can go check them out. Um, Curtis, let's talk about your guide service a little bit. Tell people about where you fish. Um, I know you target for more than muskies, so let people know about like what other species you target too, um, and all that good stuff. All right, so I'm a multi-species outfit based out of Presque Isle, Wisconsin. So, um, so uh, if you the Minocqua area, it's north of the Minocqua area. So I kind of consider my territory uh, Vilas County and northern Oneida County. Um, I do some stuff, you know, out of that, but for now, just keep it simple. That's kind of kind of my territory um and then uh yeah we do uh you know, small mouth walleye musky uh, you know i guess hitting on earlier uh some phenomenal phenomenal small mouth fishing up here um and uh you know it's you know nothing to shake it you know head at catching some fives up here five pluses uh you know uh biggest fish i know that that i know personally for sure that came out of here was you know seven three five like absolutely massive inland fish and the build up here is insane um you know check out uh you know my website well, we'll do the we'll plug that later but you can hop on there and take a look at those smallies for those bass guys that i know that are listening um definitely worth the trip you know it's not all about the big water sturgeon bay shamamigan bay up here in wisconsin we, you know, there's some hidden gems elsewhere, but, uh, and then, you know, walleye fishing, you know, uh, as a guide up in Wisconsin, you gotta, you know, that's uh, kind of your bread and butter fish. That's, you know, what, uh, what the tourists want to come up and catch, you know, fish fry, that kind of deal. Um, you know, some pan fish in there too. And then of course, uh, 
as I expand on uh, muskie, I want to share it, and you know, obviously, I'd want to, you know, that's that's the that's the high dollar fish, you know, that's that's what people, you know, they they they'll pay the big bucks to come out and fish, and uh, you know, so definitely making a point on doing that. Um, and I got to plug one more thing on here. We had uh, six tiger muskies have hit my boat this year, so I'm I'm on a hot. I got a hot yeah. hand for tiger muskie for those guys. So uh, it has nothing to do with skill or anything you can't go out and target musky fishing all i'm saying is that i got a horseshoe in my hand right now if you want to come over and touch it um <laughs> feel free um but uh anyways uh but yeah that's uh that's kind of the kind of the mo um it might not be fox valley outdoors for very long kind of the story behind it i grew up in the fox valley area in illinois and um i it didn't dawn on me that there was a Fox Valley in, uh, Wisconsin. So everybody thinks that I should be guiding over in the Appleton area. So that this might be rebranded, but believe me, it'll be easy enough to find at the, there'll, there'll be a, there'll be a decent crumb trail for y'all to get there. But, uh, um, but, uh, yeah, uh, everything. And then, yeah, everything from, you know, live bait fishing, uh, you know, just kind of simple stuff under slip bobbers all the way up to advanced techniques. You know, I really try to, tailor my services to my clients and what I can do to kind of make uh, our time on the water together most beneficial to the client. So I want, I want to see people come back and keep fishing with me year after year. So, um, you know, there's uh, levels to it and I want to share the knowledge that I've gained from all the bass fishing and, you know, I mean, I might be uh, fairly young, but uh, I got, I'm uh, blessed to have a, uh, you know, uh, a lot, uh, of hours on the water and, uh, you know, to, you know, kind of shorten people's, uh, shorten the learning curve a little bit the best I can. Absolutely. So. Well, there you have it, people. If you're looking for a tiger muskie, Curtis, just guaranteed that he'll get you one. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> 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 there's no guarantees in muskie, no, no guarantees in muskie fishing. And if the, and if the muskie guarantee guide service, hears this podcast, you might want to reconsider rebranding too. <laughs> I, love I love it. And then, uh, Dan, let's talk about uh, Vexen Fishing and Tackle Industries because stopping by your booth at iCast, saw you guys have a bunch of cool products. Um, so tell me about both those companies. Yeah, so um, we were basically two brands under one ownership. Uh, Tackle Industries would be our musky and pike line. Um, so we offer rods and baits. Um, uh, our rods, I think, are the best bang for the buck in the business. Um, they are uh, high-quality blanks, IM8 blanks um, that are, are light and strong. Um, and, and not, to, you know, they're, vir they're virtually unbreakable, but if, if one does break, we carry a lifetime warranty on all our rods as well. So we, we stand behind our product. Um, and we make some musky rods that... Um, can really fit some niches for people um, that a lot of other manufacturers aren't doing. We make a two-piece musky rod. We make a spinning musky rod. Um, we make a 10-foot and 10-foot-6 telescopic musky rod, which longer rods have been the trend for a few years now, uh, and it's continuing to go that way. Um, so guys that want to keep going bigger and bigger and bigger, I've kind of maxed out at 9.6, but... I know soon I'm going to be trying to 10 and then a 10, six, but, 
Um, nine, six seems to be kind of the sweet spot for me. Um, so that's tackle industries, totally musky and pike line. And then Vexen is our multi-species line that covers everything else. So we have phenomenal bass rods, um, a huge assortment of bass rods, um, very, very good walleye rods. Um, and, and that's something that, that you find in the Vexen line is it's species specific product. Um, so a whole bass lineup, a whole walleye lineup, crappie, catfish, inshore, offshore, um, ice fishing. Uh, so so kind of covers the whole spectrum with rods, baits, and accessories, tackle storage, um, something for everybody there. And offers that same phenomenal value, high-quality product, innovative product um, that is at a working man's price, but it is, um, it's high-caliber equipment that we're putting out there, and we're very proud of that. Um, so you can check either of those out at vexen.com, V-E-X-A-N or tackleindustries.com. I'm sure Eric will throw them in the, in the description, but yeah, if you're in the market for, for a new rod, check us out for sure. Awesome. And, uh, and, uh, not to, not to undermine Dan at all, but, uh, I know he said species specific rod, but their seven, six medium fast rod in their walleye series is an awesome hair jig rod for bass. Just saying, just saying. <laughs> And that hair jig's becoming a big thing nowadays for bass fishermen in the live scope and smallmouth for sure. That's money right that's, there. That's that's money, big time money. Bread and butter, baby. Bread it. and butter. I love it. So before we get to plugging all your information, there's a question that I've been literally dying to ask you both on this podcast since we've been going through it. And that is, what is your guy's PB musky? So I don't know who wants to so, start. Who wants to start but... All right, so... Again with the tiger, mine is a forty-five inch tiger. So I got it, but it's tied. I have a true forty-five and a forty-five tiger, but the forty-five tiger because it's a tiger is kind of you know it, it yeah. it's a it's a it's a cut above, but uh, it's a multiplier effect. <laughs> there's, a, there's a multiplier. I'm not exactly sure what the what the conversion rate is on that, but. Uh, <laughs> yeah. If someone wants to offer well, some suggestions, I'd love to know what I should be telling my people my PP is. But uh, well, if if, uh, if you've never seen, you know, a tiger muskie, it's a it's a hybrid between a you know a, a pure strain muskie and a and a northern pike. But the builds on them are just unbelievable. They have, I mean, they're they are just thicker, fatter, meaner fish all the way around, and the paint jobs on them are stunning i mean best best anywhere in freshwater fishing as far as i'm concerned so so bringing in a little bit of the biology background so y'all know how you get a mule right so you cross a horse with a donkey you get a mule sterile hybrid but hybrid vigor everybody you know you've you know everybody knows from all the you know colloquialisms that mules are you know you know tough as stubborn nails and stubborn <laughs> That's exactly what a tiger muskie is. It is a sterile hybrid between a muskie and a pike. Put them together, you get one bad fish. So it's essentially the mule of the fishing world. So if you wanted, you know, if you needed any more uh, encouragement to try and go catch yourself one of those things, there it is, folks. Yeah. And then Dan, what's your PB? My my uh, yeah, my PB is forty eight and three quarter inches. Uh, it's an inland Wisconsin muskie. 
Um, so, and I, uh, I had the family record, um, for many years. I have two younger brothers and my dad musky fish fishes, and there's always healthy competition between all of us. And my brothers have caught four footers and, um, my dad, uh, this year, um, at the world musky hunt, boated a 49 inch inland Wisconsin musky that was just an absolute specimen. Um, so he's riding pretty high right now and, uh, couldn't be happier for him. I, I don't think I've ever seen him smile bigger than, than it went in the picture that he was holding that fish. So that was, and that was just last weekend. He did that. Y- yep. Wow, man. That's awesome. That kind of sucks for you, but that's good for yep. your dad. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. No, that's, that's great. Great for my dad. So now I got to, you know, the benchmark in musky fishing is always 50 inches. Um, uh, why it is that way, I don't know. It's a no- nice round, even number, but that's where a lot of fish tend to tend to top out at, especially in, you know, our our neck of the woods in northern Wisconsin. Um, those fish exist, but they are, you know, Curtis could probably put a better number on it uh, than me, but you know, it's a, it's a one in thousands of fish. Um, they are needle in a haystack. Um, you go to other places, there's, you know, places in Minnesota, Green Bay, of course, um, St. Lawrence River, like you talked about before, Lake of the Woods. There are places that have more 50-inch fish, um, but in northern, inland Wisconsin, northern northern Wisconsin, um, a 50 is a rare specimen. So that's that'll continue to be my goal, and um, now it's, you know, a double goal because i got to retain the family record, and the only way I'm going to do that is is by catching a 50 so yeah absolutely got to beat that record so let's um i'm going to take some time here roll out the red carpet for both you guys to plug any of your social medias um any of your websites too where people go check out your work and um yeah um all right i'll leave this one off so um probably the best place to find everything else is uh my instagram page uh the captain cletus so um uh, Cletus spelled C L U T R. Hold on, C L U T E S. Yeah, spelling is hard. You know, I just I just fish, man. Uh, um, but yeah, the Captain Cletus. Um, and then uh, you know you can it, there's links there to my YouTube channel um, and everything. And then um, uh, guide website www.foxvalleyoutdoors.com. Uh, again, there's links on there to get to my, uh, socials. And then, you know, from, um, the Instagram page, you can pretty much, uh, get to, get to all the meat and potatoes of, uh, my content. So, um, yeah, that's, uh, that's how you notify me. I hope you guys had your pens ready, but, uh, go ahead, Dan. Yeah. And for, um, um, as I mentioned before, vexen.com, tackleindustries.com. Um, you can find both of those on Facebook and Instagram, uh, check them out. Some, some cool, uh, snapshots on there, maybe, uh, maybe featuring, uh, our friend Curtis here and, and some of those trophy fish pictures. Um, and then, um, I also, my, my tournament partner that I fish with, um, our, our tournament team is called ignition outdoors. It's a group of guys, um, that do that. So check out ignition outdoors on uh on facebook and instagram as well a lot of uh, walleye content salmon content some musky stuff some ice fishing stuff 
um, some deer hunting stuff. So just a good, wholesome group of people that, um, that puts out some good stuff. So awesome. Yeah. I will definitely link all those um, links in the description. People go check it out. And Dan and Curtis, man, I appreciate you guys jumping on this, doing this podcast with me. Definitely learned a lot about musky fishing and what you guys both do. So I appreciate the time. Yeah. Our yeah. Part, thanks for pleasure. having us, Eric.